Hello, everyone. Welcome to Creation.Live. In each episode of this show, ICR scientists gather with subject matter experts, apologists, and other special guests to discuss pressing issues, whether that be ICR's current research, something new that's come to light in the scientific community, or something else entirely that ultimately impacts how science points to our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope that these conversations are encouraging and enlightening in an increasingly chaotic world. I have with me today my co-host, Michael. Salutations. And I have with me today our two guests. We have Mike Riddle and Dr. Anthony Silvestro. Hello. Uh, Thank you all so much for being here. It's good to be here. Thank you. Great pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, uh, I didn't introduce you in depth. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But I do want to mentioned that today we're going to be talking about the Creation Training Initiative, which is an an initiative that y'all have started, y'all work at, um, and its goal is to uh, equip Christians to be effective teachers and speakers. Uh, and I mean, we here at ICR also uh, do some of the same stuff. That's very important. Uh, but before we get into the Creation Training Initiative itself, I want to hear about y'all. Uh, pardon my Texan there. Okay. We want we want to hear about y'all. Uh, we want singular or plural. Uh, both. Uh, <laughs> yeah, w- all take y'all. your pick. Uh, so I want to hear from y'all, and I want to hear about what led y'all to where you are today. So we'll go ahead and start with uh, Mike. Well, I grew up a, a non-believer. My background is uh, mathematics, computer science, and also uh, six years in the Marine Corps as part of my background. I also used to be, notice how I say this, used to be an athlete. It's called the second law of thermodynamics as we get older. Something happens to our bodies. But I used to run track and field worldwide. And one day I was in gymnasium, and again, I'm a non-believer, lifting weights. And a man came up and sat down beside me in that gymnasium and started uh, asking me questions, presented the gospel to me. Wow. I answered all his questions wrong, ignored everything he had to tell me because I had no reason to believe in God then. So Mm -hmm. I just walked away from him. Seven years after that, I was in computers. I was on a business trip to Indianapolis. And I got done work late one evening, got back to the hotel room. And as I got in bed, I laid there that night and finally understood the message that man gave me seven years earlier. Nobody else had witnessed to me. And that's the night I got on my knees and professed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. After a while, I got back in bed, and I still couldn't go to sleep. I had a strong desire to teach the book of Genesis, which I had not even read yet. So I reached into the drawer, pulled out the Bible, began reading Genesis chapter 1. As I finished the first chapter, I thought to myself, if I can't believe this first chapter, there's no reason to read anything else in this Bible. So I thought, well, maybe I better research this. Maybe uh, the Bible's wrong, or maybe what I'll start at the universities might be partially wrong. So I had the opportunity to travel all over the country. I'd stop and talk to these scientists and and professors Mm -hmm. and ask them questions about evolution. I soon found a pattern to their answers. They had a lot of great stories, but none of them could directly answer my questions. Mm -hmm. So here's these people that tower above me in intelligence, couldn't answer my basic questions. So why should I believe in evolution where I was finding answers in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Not only find the answers, I found something else evolution can offer nobody. It's called hope. For the first time in my life, I have hope. Wow. Now, several years ago, my wife and I were on a six-week speaking tour used for the Institute for Creation Research. We used to go out for a month at a time, go to a state, and every day we'd visit one or more churches or schools. And this one happened to be in the southeast, and it was six weeks long. And we stopped in one place in Jacksonville, Florida. And that night, we were staying with the pastor. And we got there, and I started across from the pastor. We started talking about the Bible. We talked about creation. Then we started talking about some other things we had done. Found out we had both been in the United States Marine Corps. Once you find that out, you have an instant bond. Mm-hmm. So we began to reminisce what we had done in the Corps. We found out we'd both been stationed at Quantico, Virginia, large Marine Corps training base. So we reminisced mm-hmm. and talked about that. Then we found out we'd both been stationed at Yuma, Arizona. So we started talking, reminiscing people we know and knew or what mm-hmm. we had done there. And all of a sudden, he stopped talking. And he sat back in his chair and he looked right at me. He said this, I remember you. Do you remember me? 27 years ago in a gymnasium, I gave you the gospel presentation. What? And here's that same man again. And then he goes on to say, uh, and I go on to talk more about what he's doing. He's a pastor in that church, and I'm getting ready to preach in his church that next next day. Wow. See, the whole idea is here. 
That man did what he was supposed to do. See, we can't change anybody's lives. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But he did what we're supposed to do, and that is go out and give the truth. But we can't give that truth if we don't know it. And that's the serious issue. That's what changed my life. One man witnessing to me, hmm. it took me seven years. What an encouragement. Yeah. Our job is tell the truth. The Holy Spirit will do the final work. Absolutely. That's, That's an incredible story, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us more about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so I, very similar to Mike's background, I'm a math and chemistry double major, one class away from a history minor. I do like to <laughs> wow. say that because it's, it's an interesting <laughs> field. I got saved about 15 years ago. And I was a straight-up evolutionist. I grew up as a Roman Catholic, which, you know, for us Italians, that means you're born into it, yes. and you go to church more times for weddings and funerals than you do on Sunday mornings. Mm -hmm. And that's how I grew up. So I went through, through life just knowing God exists, but didn't have any relationship with Him whatsoever. And I got convicted of my sin 15 years ago and got saved. And in God's providence, I, w I came across Ray Comfort's ministry materials and started evangelizing almost right away. And in my own dental office, we were handing out gospel tracts. We had scriptures on the walls. And God was doing amazing things within the walls of our dental office. But there was one itching question in the back of my mind is, what about Genesis? I knew I couldn't reconcile it. I believed the Bible, except I knew this lingering question in the back of my mind. And then another turn of God's providence, I was able to come across uh, Dr. Jason Lyle, have a conversation with him, and it flipped my worldview upside down. I literally walked away from that conversation telling my wife I had to rethink everything I ever learned in regards to science. And I also knew that day, similar to Mike's story, I had to start teaching this. So I bought a ton of materials that day and went home and started studying six nights a week as my wife and son went to bed, nine o'clock at night, and I'd be up till one in the morning, six nights a week, studying creation for the purposes of teaching. So I started teaching at my own local church at that time, and then God just opened up doors everywhere. And before I knew it, I was speaking nationally on evangelism, on creation, and then other topics as, as they came around. So it's been a wild ride for me. And uh, I am proud to say I believe the entire Bible cover to cover and have for years now. Praise the Lord. That's kind of interesting because your story was like, well, if I can't believe the first chapter, then I won't believe the rest of it. And you believed the rest of it, but you were having trouble with that first chapter. That's kind of an interesting dichotomy. But that's that's honestly incredible. Uh, I can tell from the way both of y'all speak that y'all have a passion to teach. And yeah. that is that is such an important thing. Um, and that leads me to, I guess, the next section of this podcast where we talk about why it seems to me that churches now seem to lack teaching. Now, I don't mean to be rude. Like, I'm not trying to be mean to churches and pastors, uh, but I've been to a number, a number of churches, and my home church is clearly an exception. Uh, I love my church. But I've been to a number of churches, and so many of them – uh, they like their belief statement, their doctrinal statement, all seems well and good, but the pastor gets on stage and uh, preaches a pretty nice sermon, and then that's where it ends. Um, I, in my belief, believe that the church has kind of been slipping in this regard, in this rigorous training, which you went and you studied on your own, and you went and you studied on your own. Um, why? Why is this an issue in the in the church today? So I, I, I would say two different things. One would be we are an entertainment-driven society. And so in general, because we've got iPads in front of us, iPhones, TVs galore in our houses, we're used to entertainment. And so churches have, have kind of succumbed to the mm -hmm. entertainment industry. Not all of them. My church doesn't do it either. But there's a lot of entertainment going on out there. So that's one big issue. The other one is distractions. People are distracted. People have all kinds of other things to do in life, busyness in life, and it's gotten away from what the church is supposed to be, which is a training ground. We're supposed to go to church as believers, one, for fellowship, two, to be trained, right? All the, and all these things together to worship God. And then that's only for a couple of hours a week. What do we do the rest of the week? Well, that's supposed to train us to go out and do evangelism and disciple others the rest of the week, it's largely missing. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the, those are excellent. And also, the church has forgotten something here, and it's called discipleship, the Great Commission. We're called to go out and make disciples, and that is two parts. One, go out and evangelize, get people into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then once we get them there, we're supposed to continue to train them. And this is where we have 2 Timothy 2.2, which is uh, our um, organization's scripture there, where Paul is now talking to Timothy. He says, Timothy, I'm going to paraphrase here. makes it easier. Now that I've trained you, Timothy, you go out and do what I did. You train others how to teach also. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best verses in the Bible on discipleship. And that's what our ministry does. The other thing is they, they forgot how Jesus taught. That's where you do the modeling of all our teaching. How did he teach? It's not just knowledge level. We go to the application level. That's what Jesus did. He had his disciples. He taught them. Then he had them go out and do these things, doers of the word, versus just listening and hearing all that. So we model ourselves after that. Most churches really don't get engaged in any form of real teaching. And that includes mm-hmm. Sunday school. Mm-hmm. See, the whole purpose of Sunday school is the Great Commission. That is the main reason we're supposed to have Sunday school, which leaves it open to a wide variety of topics. Mm-hmm. But what we have found out is we've gotten very, uh, got education kind of mixed up. We're mostly information givers. And I get to visit a lot of Sunday school classes. Mm-hmm. What I see is a lot of information being given, but no real teaching. See, the definition of teaching is causing learning. And that's what we need to get to is causing the learning take place. And you can't just lecture and think something's going to happen. So they've lost that art. Yes, the pastor's job is to get up and preach from the Bible and enter into the spiritual warfare that is going all around us today. And they need to address those issues because they are definitely biblical and gospel issues that are attacking us. But we do our real training in the Sunday school and Bible studies where we have well-trained teachers who know how to do application level training, know how to do uh, what we call educating for success. Yeah, that, that's a really important concept, this idea of discipleship. When we talk about discipleship in churches, we recognize discipleship relationships are ones where the person is discipling somebody over a period of time. And that's where training really occurs, is it takes time, it mm-hmm. takes back and forth. It's not just straight up lecturing people. And so what we've done with our courses is made it much more of a conversation style teaching where they can, they can jump in with us and learn essentially with us as we are training them. Because our goal is that when they get done with our courses, they actually know things. They're not gonna walk away saying, those guys are really smart. I mean, they may say that too, I hope. That would be nice, <laughs> yeah. But that's not the point. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah. We want them to know things themselves. And Mike has said this many times, it would be great for us to, to teach ourselves out of a job because we've trained so many people to be able to train others that mm-hmm. we're useless. They can throw us out to pasture. Hopefully not. Yeah. But yes, Hopefully yes, not. But, yes, the principle. but that is the idea. It's yes. uh, causing learning to take place. And uh, we, we actually have different, a lot of new techniques that we use that help people retain information. And like Anthony was saying, it's classroom style. Interaction all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about engaging. We want everybody in that classroom to participate, and we have techniques for doing that. We say educate for success. How to write an exercise that's non-scary, that everybody can pass, mm-hmm. and then you get to the final exam, they can pass it without having to use any notes. I like that we kind of We work test. <laughs> on those kind of exercises because the whole idea is to cause the learning, make them walk away being able to use the information. See, the, the idea of how you measure success as a teacher is not necessarily, necessarily by what you do as a teacher. It's by what your students can do. If they can't mm-hmm. do anything with the information, did you really teach at all? You just gave information and walked yeah. away. Right. These are the principles we use in all our courses to help people be able to go back and use it, especially parents, train their children. Mm-hmm. We talk about the parents are the number one teachers in child's life. Well, who's training the parents to be the teachers? Right. That's right. Right. So we need to step back and say, we will train you parents yes. so you can go out and train you. It's called discipleship replication, mm-hmm. and that's what we do a lot of. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting. What you're describing is very different. It's more modern idea of church where you go, you sit, you listen, and you're like, wow, that was really good. Or even maybe like, wow, that was kind of convicting. Oh, what do you want for lunch? You know, um, that seems very different. So. 
and you just described how you went and trained yourself and you have a full-time job, you have a family and you're, you're the wee hours of the morning up studying. All of this is for a purpose. And we've talked about both of you individually, but um, I keep hearing about courses and I don't want to steal any like secrets, but, but if you can tell me, um, Trey and our listeners and viewers about creation training initiative, how, how did that even come about? And then what do the courses look like? Well, my, my actual start with was with the Institute for Creation Research. Uh, I, was, I was still with Microsoft. They mm -hmm. asked me if I wanted to start doing some teaching. They had the grad school at that time. Mm -hmm. I taught at the grad school for a while. And that, we had a lot of fun doing that. We went around uh, 19 one-month trips. Wow. We did one of those. My wife and I go out for a whole month to a state and just go from church to church mm -hmm. to church. So we did a lot of that. But that ended. And then... Um, we got hooked up with Answers in Genesis mm -hmm. and became a speaker and author for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, Ken Ham, the leader there, knew what my heart was. My heart was education and training. So we started up this ministry almost 13 years ago with the purpose of training others how to speak and teach on creation. And we actually have courses that will, are centered just on education, on how to do education, how to write exercises, how to engage people, how to have what we call educational leadership. Mm -hmm and how to train people so they can, this is a novelty now, grow on their own. Mm. So, cause like you, you did. That's like right. you had to go, yeah. These are the things we want to do. So Anthony, why don't you go ahead and talk a little. Yeah, so one of the things we really like to do is, is even one-on-one -on -one exercises. So for instance, one of our courses, Mike and I just did in Ohio about two months ago, and this was eight pastors, and one was a pastor's mm -hmm. wife, who just teaches women. And we only take eight people in this class called really? Communication and Teaching Skills. Wow. Only take eight because it's heavy-duty workshop. Mm -hmm. Only about half of it is teaching. Mm -hmm. The other half, they perform, and they we coach it. them yeah. all the way through. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're speaking, and we coach, and we help them with these teaching techniques. Mm -hmm. So as you might notice a little bit, Mike and I use a lot of voice inflections, Italian PowerPoints. Yes, right? yes. Right? <laughs> Speak so, with the hands. That's right. Yeah. Well, these are things that you can train people to do in order to be more effective speakers so that we're helping to drive information into people's brains as we are speaking with them. And it's, it's all those little things that we can train to help people become more effective. And it's this one-on-one -on -one type of coaching that really does it. Yes. And, and I'll share a quick story. As, mm -hmm. as Mike was training me to be a speaker for CTI, I was flying out for three to four day weekends to Boise, Idaho, and Mike was replicating me as a speaker. He would he would take me down to the basement of the church. I would have to set up my laptop, set up the projector. And then he was the only one in the audience. Imagine, imagine me having to teach with Mike sitting there with a big red pen that was probably this long, <laughs> about as long as the needles I use in my practice. And Perfect. Wow. Right? <laughs> and he's just taking notes. Stop. Start that again. And the whole point was, was to get me up to the level that I needed to be to be a, a teacher. And that's what we want to do with lots of other people mm -hmm. around the country. We do need great teachers out yes. there. And an area I want to point out, we need some people in there, is the youth. Because mm -hmm. most all the apologists out there that train these big youth groups are compromisers. Mm -hmm. And they have other theological problems. Mm -hmm. That's why we want to get, one of my goals was to get Anthony in front of these large youth groups to teach mm -hmm. truth. And he's got excellent teaching and speaking skills now. I'm almost out of a job. <laughs> but that <laughs> okay. was your goal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was but the whole he engages, point. He knows how to engage the youth. He knows their problems, the questions they have, and how to answer them. And he knows how to answer them biblically accurately. And that's what we're missing with the apologists mm -hmm. out there today. Okay, so I just want to bring up the topic of like, I don't feel like this has historically necessarily been a problem. I feel like in the past, uh, I read, you know, like uh, Puritan authors, etc. This seems like a modern issue. It seems like in the past, the church has been very focused on training. Um, what happened? Is it laziness? Is it lack of teachers? Did we just lose our way entirely? Uh, what's going on? Well, we see in Deuteronomy, parents have the charge to train up their children as they go. Meditating on the word day and night, they're supposed to be training their kids with this. Mm -hmm. Well, that's largely missing in today's society, at least in America it is. Mm -hmm. And then as we have already addressed with the church, the church has just kind of forsaken the responsibilities to train people up. So parents aren't getting trained, kids aren't getting trained, and now we see the mess that we have today. And there's no real standard for teaching in, in Sunday school classes. You have to go to college mm -hmm. for four years to teach in a public school or a Christian school that yeah. one plus one equals two. Yeah. But what do we do in Maybe. the church? Who's <laughs> ever available? Right. 
we, we're advocating that um, you, you should have a biblical worldview before you teach in school. Now, mm -hmm. it's, it's more than just saying you, have, you teach from the Bible. We actually have a list we put together with other pastors what a biblical worldview en encompasses. Mm -hmm. And you need to sign that to be able to teach. And it's just 19 biblical doctrines, one of which is the six-day creation, which, the, you know, the Bible teaches that three times. Three times mm -hmm. it says six days. Mm -hmm. No words to say millions of years, so why do yeah. we mean millions of years? How many times God got to say it? Right. Well, maybe God, I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So <laughs> what we're trying to, because we have no real standards for teaching in the churches. We need some good, solid standards. Then we need to have people well-trained to know how to engage the students, yeah. with, from elementary all the way to adults. Just saying anybody have any questions is not engaging. Mm -hmm. How do you talk to them? Well, you don't sit there and point like this. You open a hand. Okay. How do you get everybody engaged without embarrassing anybody? especially the introvert, because mm -hmm. you embarrass them, yes. they're not coming back. So that's we train me. you how to- Don't embarrass me. We, oh, that's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll work on that now. Okay. <laughs> embarrassing you. <laughs> but how do you get everybody engaged so that the person sitting there knows you, yeah. you as the teacher know they exist? Mm -hmm. And that you care. And we train on those techniques, how to get everybody in there. And that's missing in a church. We, we've yeah. taken- Sunday school and kind of lowered it to the bottom of the barrel type of education. Yes, there's good potential teachers in there, but how do you know anybody knows anything, remembers anything when you're done? Again, we're back to that just giving information and are they really qualified as, as a dynamic teacher? Mm -hmm. First of all, we need to invest in our teachers, something else the churches don't do. Mm -hmm. uh, just because you're a school teacher does not mean you're qualified to do Sunday school teaching because it takes it to another level mm -hmm. called being uh, a facilitator where you can draw information out yeah. versus just giving information. So it's mm -hmm. a whole other level. And we need to take that to being professional. And whether you have a teaching degree or not, you can be trained in all of this mm -hmm. to be a very good mm -hmm. teacher. Mm -hmm. Your voice, yeah. can you use your voice adequately? Can you be exciting when you're up there? Can you draw the people in so they're sitting on the edge of their seats, can't wait to come back next Sunday? Mm -hmm. That's what we need rather than just droning on with information. Yeah. So there's a whole art to this, and yeah. that's what Anthony and I have been doing for several years now. Yeah. Yeah. And people have to know, too, that you don't need... Look, a PhD is great in apologetics. Yeah. Does everybody need a PhD to go out and evangelize and give answers? No. I hope not. If, if they <laughs> did, then the disciples wouldn't have done a good job. Right. That's right. I mean, yeah. all walks of life were the disciples, and yeah. Jesus chose them specifically to be the ones to go out and, and do his work. Right, mm, yeah. and that's the same way for the church. It, it, people from all walks of life, and and I believe that most people can be trained to do this. And really, everyone has the call to go out and give the gospel. We all have the call to give apologetics. Yes, some might be better than others, mm -hmm. but we can all be effective in this lost and dying world if we just get some training. Yeah. So on that note, from a practical perspective, and speaking for myself as a young parent, you've done it. But how how's what would be the best way for say a parent, so they can train their children to train themselves. Obviously, we're going to point people to you to get trained, but if on their own, what would be kind of a crash course and how much time should be spent on this to become an effective teacher, especially in the home? Well, I'll, I'll tell you where it starts, is sitting down with your child next to you or on your lap and opening up the Bible every night and reading. Even if Easy. it's for five <laughs> minutes, Yeah. You get, you get them used to this as a mm -hmm. habit growing up. And then as they age, you start increasing the time. Mm -hmm. As they age, you maybe catechize them with, with a good catechism out mm -hmm. there. You maybe start to use different workbooks. There's some really good workbooks out there that you can work through just basic doctrines of the Bible. The better we know our Bibles, the better apologists we are. Right. That's really what it comes down to. You know, why are we allowing the world to indoctrinate our kids? From you day one. From day one. Yeah. How about we indoctrinate yeah. our kids mm -hmm. the way that God tells us to? Yeah. Let's us do this and so that we can battle the world with kids that are sharp and ready to go. I, I can tell you too, it is not hard to train young kids. I, I wrote a book that was designed for pretty much anybody to learn. And there's families around the country that are, that are catechizing their kids even as early as middle school in presuppositionalism. Wow. And they're getting it. So it can be done. We just have to spend the time doing it. And uh, Anthony mentioned a big word there, a big, big word, presuppositionalism. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of apologetics we follow. And that's our main one we teach. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, we use evidence too, because God mm -hmm. gave us all the evidence. We own all the evidence, and that's something we need to understand. Yes, right? that's right. Because we own it all. We just need to learn how to use it. Yeah. 
And, but you don't have to have a PhD in apologetics, nor do you have to have one in science. They're very useful, come in very handy, sure. can be very intimidating to the other people too, which right. helps. Yes. But know your Bible and be willing to study. And again, we can train you on the study techniques. Mm -hmm. We can do that, get you started. Sure. That's We have courses for that. But learning how to study, and one of our focuses is training parents now so they can go back and train their children. That's the model we need to have is the parents getting the background enough, the experience enough, and the tools mm -hmm. to train their children. And again, there's inf loads of information out there on the web you can get from the ICR website, mm -hmm. icr.org. Mm -hmm. Tons of information. It's all free. And there's other organizations like Answers in Genesis yeah. has a lot, and Creation Ministries International right. has a lot uh, of information parents have can at their fingertips can have all that information. Some of it, if it's very technical, they don't have to go there necessarily with the children. Learn how to bring it down to a child's level for their understanding. For instance, mm -hmm. can I use a really hard one, like carbon-14? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I have taught fifth graders carbon-14 because all you have to tell them is what do they need to know. Mm -hmm. You don't have to go off on all the technical stuff. What do they need to know? Uh, you can tell them, you know, there's man and woman. That's how God created us. There are no it's, that's, yeah. it is binary. And that's a big one we need to start training our children because that's where their target audience is, our little children. Mm -hmm. I and mean, we need to get the parents out. As an organization, any one of our organizations, we can only do so much, reach so many people. But yeah. the more parents we get trained, we'll reach many more people than any yeah. of our organizations can. So let's jump into CTI then. Uh, we're talking about the Creation Training Initiative. What is the purpose? What do y'all do? How do you do it? Go. <laughs> we want to train the trainer. Yeah, That's what it comes down to. We want, we want people to come in that we can train mm -hmm. to go out and teach others. And so we love it when we have Christian school teachers come in who are affecting a lot of students. Mm -hmm. We love it when we have youth pastors mm -hmm. or Sunday school teachers coming in. Imagine if we have a room full of 100 Sunday school teachers that we can train, and now they each go back to their churches and are training hundreds of people on their own over the next several years. That's how we replicate the way Jesus told us to. Mm. So that's what our real mission is. Yes, and again, we've developed our own courses. We have our own training manuals. We have, And we write a very specific style of training manual mm. that helps you. All the PowerPoint slides we use are shrunk down in the manual, and then there's room next to that PowerPoint slide to take your notes. So it helps the students organize their notes, and there's mm -hmm. a space down at the bottom to add additional notes. And then we give um, what we call time checkpoints, uh, timed exercises. Ooh, Puts a little fine. pressure. That's right. Pop quiz, but, right? <laughs> but, but it's a whole technique I learned a long time ago. It's actually a disguised form of repetition and reinforcement mm -hmm. because everybody ends up with the correct answer. So you have a model. You See, we train for correctness. That's mm -hmm. what we do in athletic fields. We mm -hmm. train for correctness. We don't train for wrong answers. Right. We want it walking away knowing the answers so we use a lot of repetition in there, and a lot of people don't see it as repetition the way we do this. It, it makes it kind of exciting. Mm -hmm. It means you're not sitting there all day long listening to somebody teach and speak. We break the days up. We take breaks during the day. But for instance, we have one-day courses, and what's unique there is we don't charge the church to come. Wow. We pay our all our own expenses. What we do is charge by individual. Mm. We have a, a low mm -hmm. cost, like $45 for a, an adult, 25 for teens, and they get a 60 to 100-page manual with that, training manual. That's great. And um, so we, that way we can get into small churches, we can get into large churches, and even medium-sized churches mm -hmm. we get through, because we know every, churches have budgets. Yeah. So we decided, let's not impact our budget. Let's have the people that come, and we'll do the training. All they do is provide us a location. Yeah. yeah. That's all we ask for. And one of our, a couple of our courses we've been doing for a long time was creation basic training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's our most popular course. We've done that hundreds of times out there. Mm -hmm. And it covers the basic creation things. It starts with, what is the gospel? That is the foundation. Now, we're not saying just Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We start in Genesis 1-1 to get the gospel, the full context right. mm -hmm. to show people without the first three chapters, we don't have much of a Bible. So we show them the yeah. importance of it right there. And that is foundational. Then we go into a little piece like, how do you study the Bible? How do you interpret Scripture? So we laid the foundation the first chapter. Then we get to the days of creation, theological problems on old earth. We get into some of the basic apologetics, such as who did Cain marry? Mm -hmm. How could Noah fed all those creatures on the ark? Was it really a worldwide flood? We get into things like uh, 
this mythical natural selection. Mm-hmm. We get into that. Uh, that ICR has really come out with and developed quite a bit for us mm-hmm. to follow. We even get it to, we, this one we should never lose, the origin of life. That's right. right. We should never lose that one. But we give what they need to know. We don't turn these into heavy-duty science classes. We, we've had teens, uh, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds come to these classes and they can understand them. That's the level we teach at. Now, doesn't mean it's going to be too light for you. We also have some of the other stuff, but we bring you along mm-hmm. so you can understand some of the more non, not real difficult, but let's say medium difficult concepts. Yeah. Yes. We put it together and we title. And then we give you exercises to do. We always have an objective or some objectives at the beginning. Say, here's what you need to know to walk away. Then we tell them, you don't go home if you don't know. No. <laughs> you have to That's stay fair. here. Yeah. Yes. Dropping but we, 20. <laughs> but we tell them, here's what our objectives are. And like on our basic course, we have eight objectives. At the very end, we go over those objectives. But all in between, we're constantly reinforcing those. These are the eight things we want to make sure you walk away with. So we have that course. We have a dynamics of Christian education course. I actually piloted that at University of uh, Liberty University in front right. of the professors. It's a one-day course on communication skills, teaching skills. Mm-hmm. You don't do a lot of uh, uh, extra work like we do in our mm-hmm. three-day communication teaching skills. We talk about who's our competition? What are they doing? How, why are they out-educating us? Mm-hmm. The last chapter is how to build a winning Sunday school program. The one that really makes a difference in people's lives versus just hearing information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those yeah. are summer courses, and Anthony's familiar with the others. So like, we got advanced apologetics. Yeah, we have advanced apologetics course. And you know, one thing I want to say too is is we really believe in being able to teach anybody who comes to our courses. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of a lot of open air evangelism experience, open air preaching on college campuses, street corners, parades, things like that. And the thing I've learned over the years is that there are very few people that I have to give a PhD level answer to. Most people on the streets or at the Christmas dinner table, we have to be able to give the simple answers to their questions. We have to know what they're asking and know how to answer those questions. And that's really how we've patterned a lot of our our questions and, and courses, be able to just let anybody be able to learn how to give those answers simply. So we do that with our creation training course, our basic course. We do that with our advanced apologetics course. I do a lot of evangelism training around the country. We are incorporating a lot more evangelism into our courses now as well. And I think one of these days we're going to come out with a one-day evangelism yes. course as I'm well. I'm waiting for you to finish yes. writing that one. I'm finishing <laughs> writing it right now. And I think the most exciting one we have is, is, the, is our apologetics for the 21st century course. So we recognize when we give up Genesis, we give up really the rest of the Bible, if, if we're being true, mm-hmm. right? And so what do we give up? We give up things like God made the male and female, period. We give up one husband, one wife as marriage. We give up things like like climate change issues. If we believe that Jesus is the creator of all and that he sustains the entire universe Mm -hmm. by the word of his power, climate change is a non-existent issue. Like these are all issues that we have to address starting with the book of Genesis. And so we have we now have a, a 70 to 80 minute seminar on addressing just these issues. So a lot of people look at the social justice movement and say, oh, this is all about critical race theory and intersectionality. On the surface it is. I've been speaking out against this for many years. Before it even really hit Christianity, we saw it coming down the pike. But that isn't the real issue. The issue behind the scenes is actually Marxism. Mm-hmm. And that Marxism, yeah, while it's somewhat about critical race theory and intersectionality, even the secular people know how to give an apologetic against those issues. Mm-hmm. The real issues that we have, the real battles, is homosexuality, it's transgenderism, it's population control, it's it's guns, the the people wanting to eradicate guns. We can go on down the list, and and these are things that we are now addressing. AI is another big one. And so we want to show people how we have answers biblically for all of these issues. And not only that, we want to be able to train people that, hey, if you just study your Bibles more, you're going to get biblical answers for all this stuff that's nonsense, even things that they haven't thought of yet to throw at the church. We're going to know how to answer if we know our Bibles well. And that's the type of training we want to provide. So we're going to take this 70 to 80 minutes uh, session and turn it into a one-day course here real soon on all cultural issues of today. Yeah, the whole idea of UFOs would go away if people would believe the Bible. <laughs> right. God created everything about 6,000 years ago. That gives, if there's any life out there, and we can nullify the idea any life out there 
by evolution because it can't happen here. It's not yeah. going to happen out yeah. there. But it can't even get a protein. Right. Yeah. But did God create life out there? I think the Bible's pretty clear on that issue, too, because they would be under the curse also with no hope right. of salvation. Yes, exactly. But they only have 6,000 years to build all those, get all that knowledge, build all these rocket ships and travel trillions and trillions of miles here, folks. It doesn't happen. No, right. no. There are no worm bubbles out there. That's still Hollywood stuff. Yeah, right. But yes. the, the speeds, they can't achieve those kind of speeds. Even the speed of light, you're not going to get here. Mm. Yeah. So even the nearest yeah. galaxy to us, we're talking about 2 million light years away. By the time you got here, everybody at home was dead. <laughs> so the whole idea of UFOs go away. But that deception is going on yes, real big today. For sure. So we're combining our UFO talk with artificial intelligence now because that's going to be a big deception area there. Yeah. So we've got that talk uh, coming out. And like I say, Anthony's got talks on evangelism, which we're all supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And it once you get through, uh, like the course he's putting together, you're not so afraid of it because what we combine is evangelism and apologetics because they go hand in hand. Because you go out and evangelize today, you get to ask questions. Some of the big ones like, where do you fit dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. Oh, do we have answers for that? Yes, that's right. We're, 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 that's another win for us, yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah. But see, you combine that with his evangelism, we've got a winner out there. And churches need to understand that part of what their mission is is to make disciples. We're not supposed to be, we, it's not nice to have unbelievers coming to your church. But our mission is to train inside the church and right. send them out. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what Jesus did, and that's what's lacking in our churches today. Yeah, yeah. So, as Creation Training Initiative, what sets y'all apart from? You've mentioned several ministry names, including ICR, but what what sets y'all apart? I'll let you handle that one. It's it's the training. Yes. It's making sure that people learn when they're in those sessions. As Mike said earlier. When we're trying to when we're trying to grade how good the students do, it's not it's not the students. It's about how well do we train them and what can they do mm -hmm. when they walk out of our classrooms. And so we want to know what they can do. It's not about how much we know. We take pleasure in finding out about our former students that go off and start teaching Sunday school courses at mm -hmm. their at their churches. Some are blessed to go and teach at other churches because they you know God has given them those providences. And so that's what we really enjoy is watching that happen. And I just don't know other ministries that are focused so much on yeah. them rather than us. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of talent out there. We get people saying, how can I get involved? And they've got good backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And those we want to bring in. Yes. We want to bring those, those kind of people in. Other people say, well, I don't have time. Well, we understand that. People have jobs. But we can start building slowly. Mm -hmm. Like, we can come to your location. If your church would have us in, we can come start the courses there and get you started. Because now you have a training manual to go with it, and you have a resource we can mm -hmm. help work with you. Yeah. So it's all about the training. And again, our classrooms would take 30, 40, 50, 60. We don't like huge classes, because then you'll have enough time to engage everybody. Right. But we'll go down to well, sometimes 15 people in a class will come. We know we're going to mm -hmm. lose finances, but you know, God's been good. Too. Mm -hmm. He's been for good. We have some yeah. great donors out there who've been helping us. We can always use more. Yes, mm -hmm. The more right. we get, the more people we can train. For sure. And that's what we want. We don't, we're not a big ministry. If we're a big ministry, we're not doing our job here. Because, like, ICR has a different ministry than us. You're, you're focused on research. Right. And that is helping everybody out. Our ministry is to train others and let them go out mm -hmm. and let the churches own it. That way they, don't, yeah. they can have teachers all the time. And then that teacher, ultimately, if they get trained well enough, can train others how to mm -hmm. teach. Yes. It's that 2 Timothy 2-2 right. there, the making the making teacher disciples. It, right? mm -hmm. And not just knowledge, but knowing how to actually cause the learning to take place and how to write exercises. So kind of as a teaser for our listeners and viewers, um, since you've already touched on some of these other apologetics topics, so we can go all the way back to Genesis and talk about the foundations, but what about, because I, um, I help monitor some of our um, social media accounts, and so comments pop up, you know, about like, um, where did Cain get his wife? You already talked about that. So I was like, well, what is the Bible teaching incest? Let's not go there. We'll go to another one. But what about the problem of evil? Another um, comment that I've seen recently was, um, yeah, you know, that same God who gave that kid cancer. How do you answer yeah. or address the problem of evil? We both do evil? that. I'm glad Anthony answered that one too. Yeah. I'm giving him all these good ones. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> this one's for you. <laughs> so we're actually teaching this. And, and here's the thing. When somebody asks if God is so powerful and so good, why do bad things happen? The first thing we should think is presuppositionally, well, hold on a second. You, by asking this question, are assuming an absolute standard of good and evil. Mm -hmm. Where do you get that from? Right. And it's really easy at that point to walk him into the only way you can have an absolute standard of good and evil that applies everywhere at all times is if it comes from above 
and it's projected down or given to us mm -hmm. as human beings. It can't be this, this horizontal convention that we come up with, because otherwise somebody else can come up with a different right. convention. It's gotta come from above and down. And so we can show that just by their question alone that they assume God right from the get-go. Right. And then we can walk them through the actual biblical theology of this. Mm -hmm and the 10 commandments because now they're responsible to him, right? <laughs> and that's how, exactly, yeah. that's how we walk right into what I call Ray Comfort style yes. evangelism, which is where I got trained and sure. where I continue to help teach every year down in Ambassador's Academy in California, mm -hmm. is you can you can take that and turn it right into the 10 commandments. Well, how good do you think you are? Mm -hmm. right? what do you is think you've good? been able to earn heaven yeah. in your life? Yeah. And you walk through a few of the 10 commandments and you recognize pretty quickly that that in the problem of evil, it's not God who caused evil in this world, it's Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And by proxy, us. Right. us. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and why do we even care for people anyway? Why yeah. what about the that kid has cancer? What makes so that what right to or me? Wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I do care for children, by the way, yeah. and the children of <laughs> cancer. Because we are Christians and we believe that the word of God. It yeah. comes back to that morality issue yes. and where what is their standard? And we find out they only have about four possible answers mm -hmm. and none of them are universal solutions. Mm -hmm. It comes to opinions and what the law says. It assumes all laws are good. Mm -hmm. But this is the number one reason why people do not accept Christianity, and it needs mm -hmm. to be taught in every church. I just came off, I get the privilege, I'm going to say it, it is a privilege yes. to teach the youth in the Idaho State Homeschool Convention every nice. year. And uh, this year they wanted two main ones. I did mm -hmm. each one three times so we mm -hmm. can get them all in there. Mm -hmm. First one is how can you call God good when he allows bad things to happen? When they walked cool. away, they were knowledgeable on this mm -hmm. stuff. This is teens. Yes. Mm -hmm. They can be taught this. And they need to know this. So we did that one. The other topic was the importance of the doctrine of creation. Mm -hmm. and when they walked away, they not only knew the gospel, they knew why this is an important mm -hmm. issue. Because I give them a fine exam in there too. Yes. And about 90% of them get A's. The other people get about B's. Because the way you write it, mm -hmm. it's a final exam, but it's also really a disguised form of repetition to make mm -hmm. sure they always walk away with the correct answers. Mm -hmm. That's what we do by teaching. Good. Okay, so let's say I'm a pastor. I'm not, but let's say I'm a pastor. pastor. Trey. Hypothetically, Pastor Trey, uh, I'm hearing this podcast, and I want to do something like this at my church. I want to host y'all for any one of those, or any one of the long laundry list of classes that y'all offer. Uh, and I have in my mind a specific one, uh, and I want to involve my church in that. How do I do that? First, just contact us, and you can do that on our website, creationtraining.org, or you can email us at info, that's I-N-F-O, at creationtraining.org. Okay. And that's what we look for. Get that initial response. Then we start talking about nice. what dates are available for you. We try and work with your schedule and your timing and uh, people. And all we ask the church to do is help promote it within their church. Mm -hmm. And they can also promote it to other churches also if they want to get more people there. But provide us a location. Then we start talking about setting a date. And then we, either Anthony or I or both of us will come to your location. And we can do one course. Uh, usually we do our courses on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. okay. That way people working can all come to it. Yeah. We can get the, the youth there too because we like youth to come to our classes mm -hmm. too. They can handle these yeah. things. Absolutely. Yep. And um, like our creation basic training, even down to 12-year-olds, they can handle a lot of these things, uh, most of them. Yeah. We just kind of like, as a culture, I think even as our Christian culture, we we kind of like, oh, well, they're still kids. We don't need to train them yet. Wait until they turn 18, and then we can teach them. And then they're gone. No, we need to start right. them in yeah. first grade. Yeah. yeah. We need to start teaching them in first grade. They can handle a lot more. We find yes. out. For instance, example I give, if I can train sixth or eighth graders how to take a computer apart and put it back together again, can't they also learn the riches of God's word? We minimize them too much. Mm. They can learn this. I've worked with fifth, sixth, and seventh graders a lot, and they can learn incredible mm -hmm. amounts. Like I told them, I've talked about carbon 14. I can talk to them about the origin of life. Mm -hmm. But you have to watch out what you got to use the right words they understand, mm -hmm. what they know, and don't get off to sidetracks on technical information too much. Mm -hmm. What do they need to know to stand firm? As it tells us in Ephesians 6, three times, stand firm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, then, okay, I'm a pastor, and I tell my other pastor friend uh, that I'm thinking about reaching out to Creation Training Initiative, and I'm going to have them out to teach these classes. And he's like, 
he tells me, my other pastor friend, he said, Michael, my other pastor friend, he says, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he says, no, don't do that. That's silly. You're going to turn people away from your church. We're going to lose That's, our members. We're going to lose members. That's not important. All that matters is Jesus. Just keep focusing on that. They don't need to know about creation. They don't need to know about, uh, cultural issues, just give them Jesus. And that's, that's fine. Uh, what do you say to that? We both have something to say on that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I would tell you to call your associate pastor to repentance. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and honestly, let him go. Yes. Because we can't have pastors mm -hmm. at a pulpit who are pretending that the entire Bible is true on one hand. And on the other hand, not actually backing that up. Mm -hmm. You know, so it goes, there's a story I'd like to share. I was speaking in a Lutheran church. This goes back six or seven years ago now. And I know it's hard to get into Lutheran churches, right? Mm -hmm. I was I was able to go and speak and I spoke on the, the topic of creation versus evolution. Mm -hmm. And after the sermon was over, I was I opened up to Q&A. Pastor allowed me to do this. And an older lady, the, the matriarch of the congregation, the, the bookkeeper and everything for the congregation, she stands up, she goes, I have a question. How, how do you know that God didn't use evolution? I said, because he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I went through a quick apologetic as to, you know, we'd never see millions or billions of years in the Bible. We only see days and weeks and years and tens of years mm -hmm. and hundreds of years and thousands of years. We don't see millions or billions. Mm -hmm. We also see that God created everything after its own kind to reproduce after its own kind. We don't see God taking one created kind into another created kind. To which she then says, well, um, don't you think there could be errors in the Bible? And I said, ma'am, are you saved? <laughs> in the middle of everyone, yes. I quickly looked back to the pastor, make sure he was okay. And, uh, and I said, he you know. heels over. Yeah. <laughs> and, to which I quickly backtracked and said, look, you know, I, I don't mean to be so forward. However, here's the problem you have. If you think that there's any potential error in the Bible anywhere or where the Bible isn't clear on something that is really clear, and, and then yet you say you're saved, well, how do you actually know you're saved? Mm -hmm. Why do you believe arbitrarily about the passages of salvation, but don't believe in passages about creation, especially when they're completely linked? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you have a problem. You either have to believe logically the entire Bible's true from cover to cover, or you can't be certain of any part of the Bible. And that's really the important thing to understand. And so, you know, we're probably pretty hard on pastors because of this and, and, and Christians in general. But when you take it to a logical conclusion, you've got to believe the creation account or you've got a lot of problems. Yeah. And the other thing, they're being disobedient when they do that because 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 commands us to bring down all strongholds and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. 1 Peter three fifteen commands us to have answers and for the hope that's within us. And, and there's other places like Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Always make sure because not everybody knows there's only one chapter. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're to contend for the faith. That means agonize yes. over our faith. So the Bible is very explicit. Yes, we're to be able to have answers, such as how can all the creatures fit on the, on the ark? How can the first three days be real days without the sun? Have answers to those questions. Mm -hmm. Now, I grant it, they seem really hard, but once you're taught it, it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And then you now can go out and use those same and come up against people who have those questions and your children and start replicating yourself. Yeah. That's yeah. the idea. And I'll tell you, as an evangelist, these questions come up a lot. Mm -hmm. When you go to college campuses, you get fired. These types of creation questions get asked all the time. And guess who it's asked by? People who call themselves atheists and agnostics who grew up in the church. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. So it happens all the time. Yeah. We have got to get our answers straight and we've got to get out there and go teach it to others so that yes. uh, the church knows how to answer. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing for pastors, what they're refusing to do is spiritual warfare. Yeah, It's all around us. Yes. And it started with the evolution with the concept that we don't need a greater God. And once we rule out God, then look at all this other stuff comes in. All this stuff comes in and it's all related back to we don't believe in God. Yes. But you know, there's a very simple answer to that. And this is my favorite one to do. It deals with Good. this is Starlight, everything. One of my lead-off statements is this. Without a creator God, nothing could exist. Therefore, God must exist. Now, Mr. Nonbeliever, Mrs. Nonbeliever, would you tell me where all of your matter came from using only observational science? And it relegates hmm. their whole belief system is a belief system now. Yes. Because they can't give any observable science for that. Yeah. They can make up all kinds of stories, but 
nothing observable. Mm -hmm. We have a great answer there. And then I build off that. In other words, what we train people to do is quit playing on their turf. Let's bring it over to our turf because mm -hmm. Romans 1.16 tells us what? The power for salvation mm -hmm. is in the gospel. That's, right. That's what they need to hear in every conversation we have with them is the gospel. If we only have one shot, they got to hear the gospel. Right. And all the science is good. And we keep that in our hip pocket all the hip pocket all the time to bring it out when we need to, to break down that stronghold and then get back to the real issue. It's a hard issue. And that's where we need to get to. Yeah. This is war. And we, we recognize as we were talking about it, spiritual warfare this as a Marine, you yes, get, you get is. war. And um, what, what do we need for war? Well, we need troops. You're training the troops. Yes. What are other ways as CTI creation training initiative that people can support you? Well, the prayer is a big one because we walk into a lot of um, battlefields. Mm -hmm. and we, Churches. We, <laughs> yeah. Both of us love yeah. to be in battlefields yes. and to been there. And he's been on the secular battlefields. Mm -hmm. I've been in the secular universities, colleges, mm -hmm. where people are really upset at you. And yes. it's great. Yeah. You just love <laughs> you it. You go into it with a lot of prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you go into it understanding who you're representing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that way you don't shout back. You never get upset. You don't get angry. Just wait. They have to take a breath now and then. Mm -hmm. And you can get a question in. Yes. <laughs> but... Uh, we we do need financial support. The more finances we get, the more people we can get trained. Right. And that multiplication. Because again, we pay our own travel, our own expenses to go mm -hmm. to these places. Mm -hmm. So we have a tendency to lose money a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'd never want money to be the issue. Somebody cannot hear God's word. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people out there really want to train. Even churches that are not hearing the truth, there are people in those churches that have a strong desire mm -hmm. to know God's word. So, but your prayers and your finances, we can... Just you can send them sure. via, oh, go to the website or send them to our uh, directly to our ministry. Yeah. And what's that website one more time? It's creationtraining.org. Okay. All we'll, one word. We'll flash that on the screen and we'll link that in the description below. So Or they can email us at info at creationtraining.org. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So prayer support, financial support, hosting their own event um, mm -hmm. at their church or a venue. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a question. Maybe maybe this is a little out of pocket, but uh Okay, Surprise! Yeah, perfect. So I've heard uh, I, it's been said to me: the thief on the cross didn't have perfect theology, yet he was in paradise with Christ. Uh, therefore, the, the rest of the argument went. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we don't need to spend the effort because that's what matters: is believing that Jesus mm -hmm. is the Son of God. Response. Yeah, so Mike said it earlier, Romans 1.16, the gospel is the power of God and salvation for all who believe, right? So we have to know that that our apologetic method always has to lead towards the gospel mm -hmm. because the gospel is the only way people can be saved. That's what the Holy Spirit uses to convert the heart of stone into heart of flesh. So definitely the gospel. And if there's nothing else that we can train somebody on, give them the gospel. Mm -hmm. Having said that, there's plenty of people who have what we call stumbling blocks or roadblocks it, they've got questions that they don't have answered or, or can't have answered. And, mm -hmm. and, and it's, it's, it blocks their mind from being able to see the gospel clearly. And so that's where apologetics can be very helpful for us to be able to say, look, I've got answers. I see this a lot in college campuses when I'm doing my open air preaching and people come up to me and say, yeah, well, what about Noah's Ark? And how do you fit millions of animals on there? And I say, do you really want to know the answer? And I give it to them. And it shocks them. Because they expected this to be a gotcha question. And, and by the way, in evangelism, most questions you get are intended to be gotcha questions. Mm -hmm. Imagine the amazement when we can give them an answer. Yeah. Or a yeah. second answer, yeah. right, to a couple of questions. And what it's done is it says, look, our worldview can answer any question you throw at us. I may not have all the answers right now. I might have to email you to give you some of them to mm -hmm. give me a real doozy. But the point is, is that we can answer every single question you have. And by the way, the most important question is, where are you going to go when you die? Mm -hmm. How are your sins going to be paid for? And that's what we have to get to because all these other questions are just yeah. blurring the thing that they know. I'll say one other thing too. We believe in presuppositional apologetics, meaning that the gospel is a power of salvation, Romans 1.16. We also isolate, and we'll do this in our course this week here at ICR, is, is the four most important things you get out of Romans 1 and Romans 2. What do we know about every single person we walk up to? Well, we know everybody knows God exists, according to Romans 1, 18 to 20. We know that if people don't acknowledge the one true God, they're suppressing the truth about him and their sin. 
How do you know about their sin? Well, because Romans 2, verses 14 and 15 says the moral law is written on everyone's heart. And then number four we know, according to Romans 1, is that everybody knows God exists. If they don't acknowledge him, they're suppressing the truth about him in their sin, of which they know. And that when they don't acknowledge God, they exchange a truth about God for a lie. And they start worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And so the reality is, is that when we walk up to people, they know God exists. They know they've sinned against him. They're going to be held without excuse, according to Romans 1.20. And so our goal is to expose the fact that they know God exists, not to prove it to them. They already know. Mm-hmm. We don't have to prove to them God exists. They know it. The moral laws are written on their heart. They know they're going to be held accountable to him. So we just expose that fact. We might give a couple of answers to questions that they have in regards to stumbling blocks. But the point is, is we get to the gospel because that's where the power lies. Mm, yeah. And those people that say, why do I need to go out and evangelize are being disobedient right there. They're mm. playing the role of God. Mm. God knows the end from the beginning. We don't. So we're assuming we know if somebody's saved or not. Right. And God's going to do it. No, God told us, what is our great commission? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, mm-hmm. baptize them, and teaching them. Make disciples. That's the imperative verb in there. Make disciples. Mm-hmm. That is an order. Yeah. That's not a suggestion. All the way around the top. <laughs> so to say, why do we need to go do this? Well, why don't you read the Bible, what God told us mm-hmm. to do? We, you don't know whether that person's saved or not, but he's given us the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The creator of the whole universe gave us an opportunity to witness to somebody else. Don't blow it. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, I'll, I'll answer him. We have a commission to go out there and do this. Yeah. And that God knows what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And don't assume story. anybody in your audience is is oh, everybody's saved there. Don't yeah. even assume that. Yeah, That's why we try and put the gospel in as many, of course, almost all our courses have the full context of the gospel in them. You know, this is not a new problem either. No. The book of Jonah, you know, there's a lot of great side stories in the book of Jonah, right? Being swallowed by a big fish and and Jonah not wanting to witness to the, to the wicked Ninevites. But you know, the point of Jonah that a lot of pastors miss is actually what the problem was with Israel in general. They kept the oracles of God to themselves Mm-hmm. when they were supposed to go out into the Gentile world and spread the news of the coming Messiah. And so Jonah, that book encapsulate that, encapsulates that very issue that Jonah himself did exactly what Israel did. They didn't want to go to the rest of the world and share that gospel. You know what? It's the same problem we have today. Yeah. And then even after he did share it, he was angry about he was it. Angry. Yes, he was. Because they <laughs> repented. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, the most amazing thing about this is, is Jonah looked at the Ninevites and said, they're such a wicked people. And if you read the history, they, they were, were a wicked people. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We all sit in this room and in, in, in our unsaved lives, have we talked ill of someone before? Because you know, Jesus called that committing murder mm-hmm. in our own hearts. Yeah. Every single person's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There's, yep. there's a lot of um, people sitting in churches today think they're saved and they're not. Mm-hmm. They've got all these false gospels. Maybe they said the sinner's prayer, which is nowhere in the Bible. Right. Uh, all these ideas. We need to be sure we're witnessing to your neighbors. Your, your pew your, neighbors. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> around, the, around us, uh, yeah. the neighbors where we live. Yeah. Are they really saved? Too. Mm-hmm. They go to church every Sunday, some yeah. the people. Are they really saved, though? Just saying, oh, I know Jesus exists. It's got to be more than that. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Do y'all have uh, any closing thoughts before we uh, just wrap this up? You know, we really enjoy training. And so pastors, get on the phones, give us a call, email us. We would love to come out to your church and, and, and help you. We're not the type of ministry that comes in and acts like we are superior to the pastor. Our goal is to come in alongside the pastor and assist the pastor and his goal in the church, which is get his people trained. And that's the, that's the way we operate we come in very humbly and and want to just help the pastor in doing in doing his you know helping him do his job yeah. there. Yes, we we're, we kind of assist in that. Too. Not many churches have this knowledge or background because mm-hmm. it's not taught in our university Christian right. universities. So come along, partner. And our goal is to have somebody in the church take it over. Mm-hmm. And it could be the pastor, it could be the youth pastor, it could be just somebody that attends church yeah. to take it over and start teaching. And we'll work with you on those issues. That's right. yeah. Second Timothy 2.2. 2. Yes, yeah. that's yes. right. That's Multiply right. your efforts. Yes. That's it. That's how we reach the most people, yes. is individual churches one at a time, and then they start replicating. Yeah. That's why I like what we're doing here at the Institute yes. for Christian Research, the Christian Educator Conference. 
We've got 14 different states represented here. Wow. Not counting the, the, the teachers. That's 17 different yeah. states. <laughs> but uh, coming from different states to learn how to teach mm -hmm. these subjects. Yeah. So it's more than just lecturing. We take it to the next step mm -hmm. where we try and get you to learn it and be able to take as much back as you can. And you get a, the, the training manual, which is a unique style mm -hmm. of writing there. Well, thank you for being here today, and thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you all so much for being here. Well, thank right. you very much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you. And to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us for this episode of Creation.Live. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that it was informative for you. We hope that you're encouraged to learn, to study, to engage in rigorous training so that you can give a defense for the hope that's in you. Um, we encourage you to reach out to CTI if you've got questions or if you want to host something like this at your church or private school or homeschool or whatever. Uh, but we'll see you next time on creation.live.